Welcome to the New Big Five podcast. I'm Graham Green. My guest today is the Chinese photographer Si Jianong, who's joined by his translator, Alex Sun. Si and Alex, thanks for being on the New Big Five podcast and joining us from China. I'm very happy and honored to take part in this uh, Big Five interview, and thank you. Si Jianong is a wildlife photographer and documentary maker and the founder of Wild China Film who worked to document and protect endangered species endemic to China. His work has been nominated for an Emmy, and he's also a previous winner of the BBC's Wildlife Photographer of the Year. See, for you, photography and protecting wildlife seem to go hand in hand. Is that right? Uh, I love birds very much from my childhood, and uh, I started to uh, taking photos from early 1980s when I know how to use the camera. I firstly aimed the bird photography, and that's my career starts. In his uh, early career, he took part in uh, a documentary uh, film crew. What he cannot uh, understand and uh, accept is uh, instead of uh, taking uh, films of the real bird, the real wildlife, he's just uh, taking photos and uh, films of uh, fake ones using specimen. So uh, I think I should uh, learn photography and I should grab these uh, skills and, sh- and I should take photos from the real wild nature. What do you hope to achieve with your photography and films? Do you hope people will see the wildlife and start to care more about nature? Uh, as his uh, work continues, uh, his think um, is only, it's, not, it's, it's far from enough that only take photos of birds so I just uh, opened my eyes wider and I paid attention to all the wildlife in China. And I want to show all their uh, uh, circumstances and situations now. What kind of circumstances do you hope that your photos are part of protecting the animals? Because I understand that some of your work has been involved in, for example, increasing the size of protected areas for wildlife in China. Do you hope your work is part of helping to protect animals? In the end, I want to use my camera as a great weapon to raise the awareness of the public of China uh, to, to value more and more about China's their own wildlife and nature. I think there are many people who don't know much about the wildlife of China. I've worked as a photographer in many different countries around the world, but I've never been to China. Could you tell us a little bit about the wildlife in the country and the animals that you like to photograph there? Not only the people out of China, even most people in China, most Chinese people actually know very little about Chinese, their own wildlife. For the people outside China, they have, uh, I think, two uh, sides understanding about China. For the good side, we have a long history, we have a good, we have uh, the, you know, the, the, the long history of uh, cooking very delicious food, and, and uh, we have the handcraft, this is for the good side. And for the bad side, that we have uh, overpopulated, we have too much people here, and we have the human rights pro- problem, and we have the pollution problem. But uh, he is focusing on the other thing, that uh, the real wild China thing, because uh, he thinks there is, in China, there is only, uh, we even have the third pole, that is uh, the Qinghai, the Tibetan, high plateau that uh, really very few people even uh, set step on there. 
even most Chinese people. So that's the reason why he think that the many people in China don't know the uh, the, 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 the Chinese own work life because most people living in the eastern part of China is overpopulated, but uh, in the western part, in the high plateau, actually, I think uh, he think that very few people even step foot there. So, so he think um, Chinese people really know little about the Chinese own wildlife. Do you think there's a lack of interest maybe from people? Have people in China lost interest over time in the country's nature? In the ancient China, we have a very good idea for the people and nature's good relationship for the harmon for the harmonious relationship we have a very old saying that the people should should always obey the, the the heaven and earth and in the past there are laws there are rules there are folk laws that's uh, asking chinese people to respect the nature but this is in the past and now and uh, i think in the last uh, few decades that's uh, after uh, the political movements after all the humans conflict the good part of the chinese traditional culture is mostly lost and that's the reason why uh, chinese people now uh, respect less uh, less respect nature than than we used to be why do you think that has happened has nature become less of a priority behind economics and well-being and progress for people why do you think those traditional principles and that harmony with nature has got lost? Especially after 1949, uh, Mao says uh, the people will surely win the nature. He encouraged people to fight the nature, to fight other people and to fight to ourselves. Uh, in, in, in my opinion, this is a major reason why we, we, just, uh, we, we, we just throw away our respect and only care about ourselves. I know you've used your work to protect endangered species in China. One species that you're famous for photographing is the rare and elusive Yunnan snub-nosed monkey. How hard are they to find? And was it a very tough challenge to go and find and photograph those monkeys? Uh, in, in, in China, Yunnan has the most uh, biodiversity, uh, I think, uh, most uh, biodiversity area. It's the hot spot from, from ancient times. And also Yunnan is uh, my hometown. But uh, from the uh, 1950s and uh, the worst time in 60s and 70s, the uh, logging workers, the, the, the tree chopping workers, they systematically moved from all over China, especially north, uh, northeast China, moved to Yunnan province for, uh, to chop down trees uh, to, to, to make profits. And even in the south side of the rainforest, for this reason, for this uh, like 30 years uh, logging, Yunnan's biodiversity have been greatly destroyed. Uh, for most uh, people, their idea about Yunnan province, uh, if uh, they think about the wildlife, the animals, the wild animals in China, they all, uh, in Yunnan province, they always think this um, the Asian elephant, the, the green peacock, and that's all. But uh, I think if the Yunnan province can be called the kingdom of wildlife, there must be more wildlife to be represented. And there are gibbons, 
there are several different species of gibbons, and also there are Vinland snub-nosed monkeys. And uh, in my uh, opinion, the Vinland snub-nosed monkey should be the king of the Yunnan wildlife kingdom. Why should it be the king? Uh, Firstly, Yunnan snub-nosed monkey live in the highest altitude of all the snub-nosed monkey family. It's in the uh, needle uh, tree forest in the highest altitude, even in the snow mountain area. Secondly, the Yunnan snub-nosed monkey is a monkey that's uh, most like human, like people, like, like ourselves. How are they like humans? Uh, the Yunnan snub-nosed monkey, they have red lips, they have a pink cheek, and for the adult male ones, they even have the hairstyle like Beckham. <laughs> they have a Beckham haircut. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I just want to pause for a moment to explain to people listening that this podcast we're doing is part of the New Big Five project, where we're creating a new Big Five of wildlife. The old Big Five, as many people know, was based on the toughest animals in Africa for hunters to shoot and kill with guns. The official Big Five of wildlife photography that we're setting up is about the five animals that people love to photograph and to see in photographs, rather than hunting. Shooting with cameras, not guns. And it includes animals from all over the world. Through the project, we're also trying to raise awareness about issues to do with wildlife, conservation, climate change, and plenty more. So I just want to ask people listening to go on to the New Big Five website and to vote for their own personal choices for five animals that they'd like to be included in the New Big Five. C, I wondered if you can tell us your choices of five animals for your personal Big Five. The first one must be Vinland Stamnose Monkey. Okay. Uh, Tibetan Antelope. Tibetan Antelope, the second one. Yes. Uh, Snow Leopard. Oh, Snow Leopard. Taking. Uh, the Taking is... Uh, in, in Qinling Mountain in, in China, it's, uh, it's uh, a big, uh, how to say, ox, wild okay. ox, it's called Taking. Great. And what would be the fifth choice? Uh, oh, the Marco Polo sheep. That's a really interesting five. I know it's going to be very different from many of the animals that photographers have chosen so far, which have come from the Arctic or Africa or Asia. You must be very proud of the wildlife in China. Yes, uh, I think so, and I'm very proud that uh, most uh, of these five uh, species mostly are in China. And uh, I think only in China, uh, my work as a wildlife photographer is meaningful. Really? What do you mean by that? For the uh, worldwide, uh, worldwide, outside China, the wildlife um, a documentary is already become a very mature industry, and for stills, for still photos, even 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 from early more more early time, that already have very well established all over the world. So the images from uh, from from Africa, from the 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 the, the, the pose, is uh, already been so well filmed, documented. And the and the the photo has been so well taken all over the world. Mm -hmm. And for the conservation situation, 
in his in 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 his idea that uh, is also way better than in China. Besides the uh, the climate change causing problem, uh, I think uh, in many areas in, all around the world, this has been so well protected. But in China, people pay less attention to the wildlife, and many many species, even we didn't know any detail about them. We, we even didn't take photo of them. They just uh, vanished and disappeared. So in China, my job is very pioneering and challenging. I want to step outside of China for a while. I wondered if any other countries that you've worked in anywhere around the world have made a really big impact on you. The wildlife outside China, the, the, the only species that uh, I um, photograph is systematically is a uh, tonking snub-nosed monkey mm. in 2009. And this is the only uh, uh, serious uh, photo project uh, of uh, wildlife outside China. And beside this, uh, the reason why I go abroad is uh, for lecture, for visit, for tour, mm. and uh, not a serious uh, photo uh, uh, project mm. into North America, to Canada, and to North, North Pole, South Pole. And, uh, and, and, and I didn't uh, get my photo published or, or have photo story covered outside China. Have you been impressed by the wildlife in any of the countries that you visited, even if you weren't working there? My first time going out of China is uh, going to UK in the uh, late 1990s for the wild screen. And I visited mm. London and uh, Bristol, and uh, I then I went to Switzerland, visited the, the headquarters of uh, WWF, and uh, visited the Lake Geneva. And I was surprised that uh, by the side of the Thames River, notice the cormorants. So I was uh, greatly surprised. And uh, before I, I, I left from Beijing to, to UK, and at that time, the fog and haze is, uh, I think, among the worst time at that, at that time. And now it's getting a little better, but at that time it's uh, the worst. But uh, from the, 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 the thick fog and haze in Beijing, and when he landed in London, the sky is just like uh, uh, washed and it's so, so clear. And this really impressed him. To my great, my greatest surprise is the, the wildlife uh, outside China. They're not afraid of a human being. You mm. can get so close to them. In Geneva Lake, in North America, in the national parks, and this uh, wildlife, you just uh, can get so close to them. And uh, this is uh, my first uh, very fresh experience. Because in China, the wildlife, the first uh, thing the wildlife see people is uh, running away. I wondered if you could tell me in China or anywhere else in the world, what's the most remarkable wildlife experience or moment that you've witnessed or photographed? You uh, in China. In 2003, in Vancouver, in Canada, I witnessed the tens of thousands of uh, snow goose start to fly 
simultaneously in the same time. I was so surprised and stoned, I just forgot to press the shutter release or just I don't know how to just photo photograph them. And this is uh, my really great time. You missed the photo? He just forget how to, he's just too surprised to take the photos. It happens to all of us sometimes, I think. There was one time when I was flying over a river in Kenya and I missed a fantastic shot of a mother and a baby hippo in the river. I never got over it. Did you get over missing that photo? I didn't miss the photo. Instead, I took a lot of photo, but I was just too surprised because there's so many of them. It's my first in my life that I've seen, I've seen so many birds uh, flying together. I was uh, totally stoned, but uh, actually I took a lot of photos. Uh, in Qinghai and Tibetan high, highland, high plateau, I witnessed the, the migration of the uh, Tibetan antelope. The pregnant female uh, Tibetan antelope are migrating uh, to, to, to the breeding site, and there are so many of them in the horizon. And uh, I never went to Africa to see the great migration, but uh, in my point of view, this migration of Tibetan antelope must uh, just uh, looks very like to the African ones. So this is also gave me a great impression. That sounds incredible. It brings us back to China. You spoke earlier about how photography can be part of helping people to care about wildlife. China and other countries in Asia are known to be driving the trade in a lot of animal parts, rhino horn, ivory, tiger, shark's fins. I wonder, do you see attitudes changing at all in China and across Asia towards the trade in animal parts? It's a long history that uh, the Chinese uh, wildlife protection system and uh, the conservation laws are mostly based on the usage of the wildlife, of the wild animals. So this is uh, uh, to my greatest sorrow. Rhino horn is one of those products. We know that it has no medicinal properties whatsoever, and still there's a large trade for traditional medicine. How do you think that people's attitudes can be changed, that the science can reach people and the education can reach people, so maybe they don't want to buy these animal products that actually don't do them any good anyway? Uh, compared with 1995, when I just started my work on, on the Yunnan snub-nosed monkey, and in, in, in this 20 years, Chinese people's um, the, the awareness of wildlife protection is getting higher and higher, especially in major cities and uh, with higher education level peoples. So it's getting better. There's real urgency to this situation because we know we are in danger of losing some animals. Populations of rhino, of elephant, they're declining incredibly quickly and they could become extinct if the trade doesn't stop. Do you have faith that the wildlife trade can be stopped in time before those animals go extinct? I really focused on the changing of the of the wildlife trade, uh, wildlife conservation laws, more effective laws. Uh, I even asked the deputy to the People's Congress. You know, every every uh, five years there is a national congress meetings. 
and even once I was uh, invited to attend one of the meetings about uh, amending of the the wildlife uh, conservation laws. But that only happened once and uh, nothing happened next. So so are you quite pessimistic? Although uh, the awareness of the Chinese people is um, uh, is getting um, I mean better and better and people are getting more aware of the wildlife conservation, but uh, the system, the the government's level didn't do uh, didn't do as I expected. The meeting I attended that uh, are aiming to 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 revise uh, the uh, wildlife conservation laws, but after that, nothing that should be changed is actually being changed. So I was really despair about this yeah. because. Um, yeah, because um, the law now in China of the wildlife conservation is mostly based on the usage of the wildlife, not really conserve, conserve them, the, the, the protect them. There are many, many uh, breeding farms of tigers and bears and this, uh, the, the, the wildlife um, breeding, breeding factory or farm, they, they, they have their law of background, you know, this, uh, this uh, wildlife conservation law in China. They allow this uh, breeding farm to exist. And this, if this cannot be changed, nothing can be changed. That's a bleak note to finish on. See, I wanted to say thank you very much for being on the New Big Five podcast. I'm really glad that I got to talk to you from China. I'm very happy to take part in and thank you very much. To everyone listening, please go on to the New Big Five website newbig5.com and vote for your choices to include in the new big five of wildlife photography on the website you can find many more podcasts as well as interviews with photographers and conservationists articles on climate change conservation and the world's wildlife photography tips photo galleries and plenty more please help us spread the word about the new big five project by sharing it on social media Hashtag New Big Five. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Vimeo. If you'd like to get involved with the project, drop us a line. Contact details are on the website. Thanks for listening.